Anybody in here ever had a dirty job? Anybody? Isn't that why I, I thought, isn't that, I think it's hilarious that most of us raise our hands with that question, that most of us at some point have had a dirty job. Um, personally for me, and I know some of you might uh, leave the church because of this statement, but uh, I'm not a big pet guy, actually. Uh, I don't know if there's anybody else who's not a pet guy, but uh, one, you and me. <clears throat> but uh, in, uh, so uh, a lot of our friends want us to get pets, you know, because our kids obviously want pets. And uh, uh, Evelyn Bossard, who's a dear friend of ours, earlier this week, Susie actually stopped by the house and, uh, to pick up the kids. And when she got there, uh, Evelyn was in her worst clothes, you know, just dirtied all up. She had a big, warm bucket of water. And she literally said that word. She looked over at Caleb and said, Caleb, I have one of the yuckiest jobs. And she looked at Susie and she said, make sure you don't tell Dave, because then I announce it to the whole church. Um, but she said, make sure you don't tell Dave this, because then he'll never want a pet. And she says, I actually have to go out because our little buddy rolled around in his own poop. And she has to go clean him. Now, see, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, and, and I, I have, we have pets at our house, but they're, they're furry and they move because they have a little battery pack inside them, you know, and you, you squeeze their toe and they, you know, and it's really awesome. It's, it's enough for me. Um, but you guys, I think what happens here, what we're talking about today is serving. And I think sometimes, as soon as we hear the word serve, Almost some of us automatically think dirty job, just to serve. Others of you in here, when you hear the word serve, it almost brings like a warm and fuzzy feeling. And I can tell right now if somebody was here, they would say, Dave, stop the message and tell everybody to stand up. So I'm going to do that because I'm noticing, again, that we are really pretty full uh, in here today. We're pretty packed. And, uh, and if anybody comes in late, which no one ever does here uh, at K2, but if anybody would actually come in late to church, they would really struggle. And we have people all the time standing in the back. Would you go ahead and stand up, you guys, real quick? And if you have seats in, be, in between you, if you could kind of uh, just bunch in a little bit to make sure that we provide room for everybody. Give a nice warm hello, greet each other, and then uh, you can have a seat. Back to the message. Um, but at, when I was thinking about this, seriously, I know some people that when they hear the word serve, it literally, um, it just, it, it, the automatic word is like um, Opportunity. I, I, that'd be great. I couldn't I, tell me how and I'll do it. And we have a lot of people like that here at K2. And then I know other people, when you hear the word serve, instead of opportunity, it sounds like obstacle. <laughs> because that means I'm not going to get to do what I want to do if I have to go serve. Sometimes we hear that word and it makes us feel like, you know what, serving, that's, that's for like the low man on the totem pole. <laughs> and we try to get jobs that increase our pay and structure so we don't have to do the menial stuff so that we can somehow be free of serving. And then other times, it actually makes us feel like, wow, this is, that would be a great joy. And I think as we, as we talk about this issue of serving today, uh, just some of you, uh, this is your deal. You, you love this. You're great at it. It just flows out of you naturally. For others of you, this is not natural. Um, it's a struggle. And, and, uh, and that's why we did this. And I'll, I'll be totally honest with you. How many of you have taken the personal adventure? How many of you guys have gone on with the website and taken the personal adventure? All right, we're doing pretty good. We got a pretty good number of people. If you haven't done that, um, I can't encourage you enough. We started on November 1st. We're a little over halfway through a 50-day adventure. And what we've done is we have set up, by the way, we have a new website too. Anybody knows that? I don't know if anybody went to our, yeah, we have a brand new website. It's fantastic. If you see Mike Rutledge, give him major kudos for pulling all that thing together. But go to our website, and you'll find on there where you can click on the personal adventure. And what you'll do is you'll take an assessment for your own life. This is just for you, man. We, 
we, um, I am most excited about this for this whole year out of anything we're going to do. I'm most excited about this personal adventure because I really believe that this is a tool that every single one of you is going to be able to use to get one step closer to living a life like Christ lived. And that's what you'll find out. There's five different areas on there. And uh, you'll, you'll punch in your questions. And as soon as you're done, you kick a, hit a button and it'll show you the areas where you're stronger, where you're a little bit farther along in your spiritual journey, and the areas where you're weaker and where you need to move along in your journey. And I'll, I'll, just, I'll be totally candid with you. This is my weak one, okay? This was my low one. I knew it would be my low one. I could have answered the questions in a way that this wouldn't have showed up. But, uh, but I knew that this would be it. Um, Dave Elsog's actually down at the South Campus uh, teaching today. This is, I would say this is Dave's strongest one. If any of you know Dave El- Soggy Elsog, that guy is an unbelievable servant. And uh, it was pretty funny. We were in my uh, basement office working on the message together. And he just said, you know what, there's a great resource we need to tell everybody about. Um, it's a book called Improving Your Serve. He goes, I have it, man. I've had it for years. That thing is just tattered. I go, wait a second, I've got that book too. And literally, I pulled it up and I grabbed it and I opened it up and we just started cracking up because it doesn't even look like it had been cracked open. And, uh, and we literally, we just, both, we just belly laughed right there. Like, what a perfect example. Dave's Improving Your Serve is just tattered and torn. Mine um, uh, needs some work. So... So this is my area. And uh, so if uh, I don't know, any of you else who've taken it, if serving is your area, you know, let's get together. Uh, let's uh, work on it. The one thing that hit me, though, before I jump into this, is I really think there are three areas, though, um, where serving can be strong or weak. And actually, in some of these areas, mine is strong, and some of them it's weak. Um, the first one is simply just, I would say, just the general nature of being a servant. Are you a servant at your home? I mean, the people who live with you. Oops, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring that up. There's a counseling prayer room uh, in the back if you guys need that. Uh, No, but I mean, but this is the toughest one because you can't can't hide this. And I, I think one of the craziest things about getting married is, man, now there's somebody who knows like everything, right, about you. Um, But are you a servant just at home? Or your workplace, uh, or where you work, with the people that you work with say, man, this guy, he doesn't always try to, you know, to take the high, he tries to take the high road. He doesn't always try to get it his, his own way. So there's just, a, there's just a natural bent. Wherever you are, you just happen to, you know, you take the last seat or you get in the back of the line or you see, here's Melody Anderson. Melody Anderson is an amazing, seriously, you and John are unbelievable. You just, you guys serve everywhere you are you know they're going to be underneath everybody else. And some people are just like that. The second area that, there's a, uh, that the Bible talks a lot about serving is just in the area of compassion. And so if you took this assessment, you'll find that that's one of the things that Jesus talks a lot about. Is if you're, if you're really going to follow me and be like me, then there are people who are in need. And do you actually serve them? Um, and that's the second area that you... And what I find is there's some people who can be really good at serving at home but not necessarily very good at serving those who are in need. And flip-flop. Some people are really good at serving those who are in need, and then they go home and they sit on the couch. The third area that the Bible talks a lot about serving is just the church. And he just says, the one thing we need to do, you guys, is we need to be serving each other. And for the church to effectively work, the only way it works is if you actually serve here. And that's why we say all the time, you don't just go to church. You are the church. And so I just wanted to bring that up because as I talk about this message... I would say that uh, there are a few of you who might be really good in all three of those areas, like John and Melody. But there are most of us who are going to be good at maybe one or two of them, or maybe none of them. 
But uh, just kind of have that as your grid as we walk through this. Um, because I, as being one who needs to increase in my Christ-likeness um, in the area of serving, um, I know this. I'm going to get this at the very end of the message. If I will, I will be free. When you're not a servant, I can tell you the one thing. You're not free. And the other thing is when you serve, you get to bless the world. And when you don't, you don't. And so let's pray. Why don't we just take a moment? Because that's the other thing. I just sat here and I, I was talking with Susan on the couch last night. I was praying this morning for us. And I was just sitting there thinking, you know what? I, I have another shot to get up here and talk. And, um, and I'm hoping that you don't hear me. I'm hoping somehow that God will speak to your heart. I would love to walk out of here with us turned somewhat more in the direction of living like Jesus Christ lives. So let's pray for that. God, we love you. We're here today because of you and your great love for us. And we just pray, I pray right now for every heart in this room, for every amazing servant in this room. I pray that they would just be encouraged and blessed and honored today. Lord, for every one of us who needs to grow in this area and needs to be more like you, Jesus, in this area, Lord, I, I, just, I just pray that today would not be just a normal day for us. And I pray that we wouldn't just learn things about you today. I, I actually pray that we would meet you today. Really. And so we believe that you're alive and that you're here. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, would you open the eyes of our heart and do inside of us what we can't do for ourselves? It may be for your honor and for your glory, for the blessing of this world and for our own freedom. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So real quick, why is this? We only, had, we only chose five areas that for us, we felt like if, if I'm going to be a disciple of Christ, which that's what it means. It means um, a disciple means somebody who's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek to live a life like Christ. I, I want to live like he lived. I want to follow him. I want to do that. And we said, well, there's five things. We've hit, we've hit three of them, knowledge and, and practices and relationships are all things that were part of Jesus' life. The other reason that this one is in our five is because Jesus Christ was nothing but a servant. It's amazing. Look at this passage, Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Starts off and it says, do nothing out of selfish ambition. We could just stop right there. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. That's why we're talking about this today. Because we believe that our attitude needs to be the same as Christ. And many of us in this room, our attitude is not like his yet. And then he goes on in verse 6, Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness. Yes, this is Jesus Christ. If nothing else... What you're going to find out about God when he revealed himself in the flesh is he says, I came to serve. Look at this passage in Matthew 20, 25. So crazy. So he's walking around. I mean, you've got these 12 disciples who've been trekking with Jesus at this point for at least a couple years, over two years. 
And, they, and, and what does he, he find them doing? He finds them. They've watched Jesus in action, personally, face to face. And after two and a half years ago or so, I don't know exactly how long this is, but it's, it's farther into his ministry. They're arguing about who gets to be the greatest. <laughs> and Jesus just looks at them and he goes, man, uh, this is uh, pretty unbelievable to me. I, 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 he has a lot more patience than me. I can tell you that. He, Jesus called them together and he said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, this is actually should be on the screen, Matthew 20. Here we go. Uh, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. And then he just said, not so with you. See, so it, right here, right now, if any, any of us in this room, uh, you know, if you're seeking after Jesus today, this is going to be really, I think, great news for you today about the one you're seeking after. If you would say, I've already found him, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ today. If you would say, I'm a disciple of Jesus today. Then he's saying to you and me, not so with you. Not so with you. And then he says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You guys, I just want to tell you, there are so many things to be in awe of Jesus about. I mean, you you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you see his life, and there's so much in there that's unbelievable. There's so much in there that would cause you, I think, causes me, to want to worship him and to love him. I got to tell you, this thing right here never ceases to amaze me. I don't know about you. You you have those things when you read the Bible and you read them a hundred times, and every time you read it, you go, unbelievable. The fact that the only person who could say, hey, you guys, it's all about me, is the only one who said, it's never about me. It's never, ever, ever about me. The fact that our God is not a God who said, hey, serve me. But our God is a God who said, no, let me serve you. I, I, would just, I would love to know how many of you, when you think of God, the first image you have is him on his knees, washing your feet, serving you. See, I'm still not there yet. My first image of God is he's on the throne, man, and he is. See, this is what's amazing, though. But the one who's on the throne is the one who says, yes, but my nature as a king is to serve. And so let me show you that. And Jesus showed us that over and over and over again. And so we and I worship a God. We serve a God who serves us. And and I, I just want to tell you, that for me, I believe, is my greatest motivation. As one who needs to grow in my area of being more servant-like, the greatest motivation I have is I want to serve because I am one who has been served. So think about this for a moment. Uh, if you're a servant, if you're one of those amazing people, and I'll tell you, my wife is like that too. If, if you're just naturally bent that way, what's your motivation? Think about it. I just want to think about it. Or even if you struggle to serve, when you serve, what's your motivation for doing it? Why do you do it? Think about it. If you've ever done an act of service in your life, why did you do it? At home? At your workplace? 
here at K2, out in the community. Why did you do it? What was your motivation? Now, for those of you who this, this is, is this not your natural bent, when you choose not to serve, why don't you serve? When an opportunity arises and it says, hey, man, this needs to happen, and you don't sign up or you don't jump in, why don't you? Just think about it for a minute, because I, I, this is for you today. I, wanna, I want you to think about what motivates you to serve, and I want you to think about what motivates you not to, because we have motivation for both, okay? Everybody got, got, everybody got something in your head about why you do or don't serve? Okay, so here's what I want to share with you as someone who can struggle in this area with what my greatest motivation is. The definition of the word in the scriptures for servant is one who executes the commands of another. And it means to attend to anything that may serve another's interests. That's what it means to serve. I'm going to do anything that serves somebody else's interests. And that's why in the first passage I read to you, what Paul said, he goes, make sure you don't do anything out of selfish ambition. Don't think only of your own interests. Doesn't mean you can't think of your interests, but don't think only of your interests, but also think of the interests of others. See, when you think of the interests of others, that's service right there. Anytime you do that, you're serving. So if Jesus was serving, because he said, I, the Son of Man didn't come to be served. He came to serve Whose interest was Jesus serving? Whose interest did he have in mind when he came to earth? Here's your clue. He said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and to what? And to give my life as a ransom for many. You guys all know what a ransom's for, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, you, 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 how many of you saw the movie, Ransom? Yeah, that was intense, man. Great, great movie. Freaky movie, but great movie. I mean, you have a ransom because someone's been kidnapped or someone's a slave or someone's imprisoned or someone's taken and they're demanding some sort of payment. And the only way that person's ever going to get free is if you make that payment and you give yourself, you give money as a ransom. But what Jesus was saying is, I actually have come to give my life as a ransom. And so whose interest did he have in mind? First and foremost, he had his father's interest in mind. Our God is someone who looks at humanity and he knows that we're a slave to ourself. We are a slave to sin. We have a nature that is so bent towards ourselves that it messes up everything. I guarantee you, look at every issue in your home or your neighborhood or in the city or in our country or in the world. And ultimately, what it's going to come back to is people thinking about themselves more than God or others. And God says, I know that our people are slaves. And we need to be set free from this. And so Jesus had a very high interest in his father's interest to set us free. But obviously, he also had a very high interest. He was very concerned for you and me. He wanted to set us free from our sin. Because our sin was keeping us from God and it was destroying our lives. Now, if you thought about this, I don't know if any of you in this room have ever actually been in slavery or been in prison or been kidnapped? I don't know. Maybe you have. But if someone demanded a ransom and somebody else outside said, I will give my life to set you free, how do you respond? 
I mean, see, it's, it's hard for us to even comprehend because we can't even imagine what that was like. Did you see Saving Private Ryan? Okay. Do you remember how that guy responded at the end of the movie? At the grave, weeping. You know how he responded? You, you guys, you just would. The way you would respond is you would say, you saved my life. And since you saved my life, is there anything I can do, right? I mean, isn't that what you would do? You would say, man, is there anything I can do? I somehow want to pay you back. See, I, I just... I just want to let you know, I I feel the deepest part of my being, the one thing I know, I believe it with all my heart. Scripture teaches it. I feel like I've experienced it. I believe Jesus actually has set me free. And I believe that my relationship with God is absolutely certain, for sure, because of what he's done for me. And so how do I respond? I got to tell you, my motivation to serve when I don't feel like serving is when I realize how much I've been served and how much he still serves me today. And so if you think about that, and if you're a follower of Christ, you know what I'm talking about. You, you just, you go, thank you, Jesus, because I cannot save myself, but you saved me. So now here's the question. How can you and I, as followers of Christ, serve him? Do you want, I mean, and first of all, do you, you don't even, but just in your own heart, do you sense that at all? Do you ever feel that gratitude well up with inside of you that makes you just say, man, I want to serve him with the rest of my life? And if you do, how do we do it? And that's what I want to talk to you about. How do we serve Jesus? The first way that we can serve him and we can grow in this way, number one, is Jesus says, any time that you do it for the least of these, you actually do it for me. Any time you do it for the least of these, you do it for me. Matthew chapter 25 is the passage where he tells that. It says this. The righteous, he goes, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, and take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you strangers and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did, for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. The story goes on, and then Jesus looks at the goats. This is a, pa- a parable he was given called sheep, those people who follow Jesus, and goats, those who don't. And he says, and he, what he does, he looks at the sheep, and he says, sheeps? Does he, he looks at the sheep, and he just says, hey, I want you to know that you have ministered to me. You served me. When? Every time you served anybody else, you served me. And then he looks at the goats and he says, Hey guys, every time you didn't, that means you actually ignored me. So you guys, point blank clear. And again, when I was talking to Soggy about this, he just said basically what Jesus is saying, Hey, you did that to me. Whatever it was, (laughs) you just did that to me. That was Mother Teresa's secret, right? Somehow Mother Teresa had the ability to see the face of Jesus on every person she ever ministered to. She believed with all of her heart that when she touched another human being, she literally was touching Jesus. Why would she believe that? Because that's what the Bible says. 
And so if you're sitting here today and you're going, man, I am not, I don't got the servant thing quite going on. But I do love God. I do love Jesus for what he's done for me. How can I love him back? It's pretty clear. All you got to do is do one act of kindness to anybody who needs it. And when you do it, you actually do it to Christ. And what's going to be amazing is when you see him, and when I see him someday, we're going to have an opportunity to know how many times we actually bless Jesus. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever tried that, but as one who has to wear this blue band, as a person he needs to grow in serving, when I sense my nasty, selfish, self-centered, self-absorbed, self-ambitioned heart, not wanting to bless whoever I'm with at that moment. I'm telling you, this actually works if I can look over there and go, that's Jesus. How, I mean, think about it. If it was really him, how would you act? And can you treat that person like you would treat Jesus? He says you do, and so do I. So there's your first one. How can you serve him? Do anything for those who have a need to be touched by him. All right? Here's the second one. How can you serve Jesus? How can you bless this one who has so totally blessed you? He says, serve my church. Serve my church. Okay? He starts off in 1 Peter 4, 8, and he says, Above all, love each other deeply. See, so lots of times the people that need help or need a, you need a blessing, you don't have to go even outside our own walls. It can be right here. It can be the people you're sitting next to, the people in your small group. Just love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. And then it says this, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Each one of us in this room should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. Faithfully administering God's grace in all its various forms. So in other words, all of us in this room have been given different types of gifts that are necessary for K2 to function. That's just how it works. That's how God designed it. You are my body, he says, and every single one of you is a part of it. And when you actually faithfully administer the gift I gave you and serve others with it, this place is amazing. He goes, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves... He should do it with the strength that God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So let me, let me, let me, let me talk with this one. Because if, if some of you, like we just talked about, for some of you, you might serve great here. You might serve great at home. But your issue is, man, if I see someone who's in need, I, I just don't do that. I need to grow in the area of compassion. Some of you might have great compassionate hearts. You might serve at home. And yet the church, serving the church, the actual body, has not been something that's been a natural part of, 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 of your existence. Can I give you a couple motivational things of why we might want to serve here? The first, well, there's two of them. And they're metaphors that the Bible used to help us understand what we are. Us in this room right here. The first one, he said, is the church is my bride. The church is my bride. Now, let me ask you something. Don't answer this. Think about it because most of you don't know me. But anybody here, do you love me? I, I got to tell you right now, there is no way you could ever love me really and not love that woman. You, you do anything 
to neglect her or reject her or treat her wrongly, you're doing that to me. Isn't that right? Any other guys feel that way? You better raise your hand fast. (laughs) You guys, when it's your bride, you've been made one. She is the most precious, valuable thing and person on this planet to me. If you love me, you love her. Does that make sense? Jesus says, do you guys understand what this place is? This is my bride. This is my bride. How are you treating his bride? Are you blessing her? Are you ministering to her? Are you neglecting her? I mean, it's the church and it's his bride. That's a motivation for me. I'll be honest with you. This is not the one area I struggle in. Uh, I give my life to this. And I love this. But part of it is because I realize how precious this place is to Jesus. The second metaphor he gives us about the church is the church is his, I already said it, it's his body. The church is his body. You guys, I mean, so many of us will say, man, that would have been so great to have lived when Jesus lived, you know, because then I could have been... And it's harder for us. It's a little bit more mysterious. It's a little more spiritual. But he just wanted us to say, hey, I just want to let you guys understand. What you are, and we're not in an institution, <laughs> okay? We're, again, as I say all the time, you don't just go to church. That's, a, that's a, like this American mentality thing that we got screwed up in. He says, you are the church. You are. And you are my body, he says. And so what Jesus wants, I mean, do you take care of your body? How many of you actually like showered this morning? Again, raise your hand quick. All right. So, I mean, I mean, you guys, you fixed up, you did whatever, you shower, you take care of it. Man, I've been sick. Like this week, I, my chest just was like dying. I mean, it just hurt, you know. I'm like, oh, H1N1, uh, you know. And so what did I do? I mean, I just, I'm just down and stuff. I mean, Susie had me take an Airborne like every two hours, you know. It was just like an IV of Airborne and uh, echinacea and zinc and garlic. And, you know, I'm just dumping it in. Why? Because I care about my body. And so do you. You guys, do you love Jesus? Do do you love him? If you do, then you just go, man, then I want to serve him. See, because that's the other thing I realize. See, I, the, the ones I love, I serve. I think it's just a definition of love. It's just part of how you show it. If you love him, I just got to tell you, you'll serve the church. And if you don't serve the church, then you're not serving the body of Christ. And if you don't serve the church, you don't serve his bride. I I can't think of two more things, Susie and my own physical body, that I care more about. And Jesus cares about it too. So if you love him, I just got to tell you, then this is a place that you'll serve. It will be a natural outflow. And I think what happens lots of times is we go, man, I don't want to serve here. I don't want to do this. And and part of it is it's like because we think you're serving K2. And And again, if you're serving K2, then, I mean, we are, but we're not. See, what we miss is the spiritual reality that when you pour your life out in this place, you actually pour your life out into Christ. And when you see him face to face, he's going to go, thank you. I gave you that gift for that specific reason, to faithfully serve others. And so just think about that. And are you doing that? And so some of those examples, what does that mean? Uh, Application, it's really simple here. I mean, there there are opportunities galore all over the place here just to serve. And to experience that. And so just join a team. Join us when we go to the park. 
Join us when, on Saturday. You guys on Saturday? Uh, no, that would be Thursday. It's whatever. I messed up. But on Thursday morning, we packed 28,500 28, meals to go all over the world. That was awesome. How many of you were here for that, that time? Yeah, wasn't it great? I mean, it was, just, it, was a, it was a blast. And just that short half hour to an hour, somebody else is going to eat for a month because of what you did. It's unbelievable. There are so many opportunities. So serve those who are in need, and you serve Jesus. Serve his church, and you serve Jesus. I, I, just, I told Susie this. this is sometimes where I just, I don't like being the pastor, but I just got to tell you. I got to tell you this. So at least you'll say, yeah, Nelson told me. Okay, I got to tell you this. You are not going to want to stand before him one day and have him say, you didn't do that to me. You didn't do that to me. You never, ever did that for me. You are not going to want to stand before him and have him say, how'd you treat my bride? And how'd you treat my body? I'm telling you guys, you have every opportunity to stand before him and have it be a joyous occasion. Because every time you do it, you actually do it to him. For me, I don't know any other greater motivation because I really do love him. I really do love him. How do I love him? That's how. Okay? Now, there are some other motivations here. And I I think these are helpful too. I don't know. Anybody ever want to be close to Jesus? Anybody, Anybody desire that? You know, anybody desire to, to actually go through your day and sense his presence deep in your heart? I do. In, in, in John, he says, whoever serves me must follow me. And where I am, my servant also will be. Did you catch that? Whoever serves me must follow me. And wherever I am, my servant also will be. I can tell you this, every time you serve, what you're doing is being a disciple of Christ. And you know what that means? Every time you serve, whether it's at home, at your workplace, in this community, or here at K2, it doesn't matter. But every time you and I do that, we're with him because that's what he does. Does that make sense? If you don't feel close to Jesus, I can tell you, one of the things you could do to get close to him is just serve. That will bring you in line with Christ because he does nothing out of selfish ambition. So every time you and I do selfish ambition, I think he's like, all right, you go ahead and sit there. I'm busy. I've got other things to do. And every time we join him, we actually join him. That's another motivation for me. I want to be close to Christ. And I know it's only going to happen as I serve. Okay? Now here's some other motivations. Number one, and we already mentioned it in the scripture, Jesus said, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Anybody in here ever want to be great at anything? I, I, I can tell you, anybody want to be first? You know, I mean, everybody, I mean, that's all, my three kids. They always want to be first. You know, I, I can tell you, human nature wants to be first. I mean, when you, were, you, when you were doing any type of race or in any type of musical event or any type of athletic thing, how many of you were like, man, I like being third string? You know, I, I like sitting the bench. No, we don't like that, man. We want to be first. We want to be great. And God, he's just, his kingdom is so upside down. There's something inside of human nature that I think wants to excel. We just do. And he says, you want to be great? Then be a servant. You want to be first? Then be a slave. So you guys, another motivation, which is kind of funky, but be great. 
If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, then take every opportunity you've got to be the one who's last, the lowest, and the servant of all. That's Jesus. And he's the greatest. All right? Here's another motivation. I already read it. He says, my father will honor the one who serves me. My father will honor the one who serves me. You ever been honored? You ever been honored in your workplace? Did that feel good? (laughs) If it didn't, you're a liar. It feels good to have somebody else notice what you've done and to actually get an honor for that, to get a raise, to get a promotion. All of a sudden, I mean, we give our life, you guys, especially us guys, but all of us do this, but especially there's something inside of men that says, man, I've got to know that I'm valuable. I've got to know that I'm contributing. I've got to know that I matter. I've got to know that I'm important. And we give our life, literally, most of the time, to get honored with good pay and a good position and more prestige and more honor. And you guys, again, God flips it all the way upside down. He says, I got to tell you, when you get to heaven, my father will honor the one who serves me. I, I got to tell you, I, I, I'll be honest. I mean, there's part of me that goes, man, I want my father in heaven to look at me and go, you rock, Nelson. You're awesome. Way to go. Way to get in the back of the line. Way to take the last seat. Way to get off your duff and wash the dishes. You know, way to whatever. You will be honored by your father. And I think that's good motivation. But here's the last one, you guys. And it's freedom. Freedom. We have a value here at K2. And it's called the freedom of sacrificing. (laughs) Because nobody wants to sacrifice. But if you think about it, if you sacrifice your self-interest for the interests of God and others, you are free. I, I, I know this right now. The greatest servants I know, are they not free people? Think about that. Are they not the most free people in the world? I, I, the people who are not free are the ones who are living for themselves because it's very frustrating when things don't go my way. <laughs> it's very frustrating when I don't get to do what I would do. And this is an obstacle and I don't get to do that and I don't get, I, don't, I, 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 that's what happens. And when you are free and you actually live to serve, who's going to keep you from doing that? I mean, when you are finally free from yourself and you actually live for God and live for others, you are free. And I'm telling you, man, I, I feel like that is an amazing motivation. And you guys, so what it comes down to is, is really, who are we worshiping? Ultimately, who are we loving? And if you love God, then you serve him. And the way you serve him is you serve others. That's just how it works. But if you love yourself, that's usually for me, my whole reason when I don't serve is because I got a self problem. It's actually about me in that moment. And then I get, I get stuck. And so here's the reality, you guys. Um, I was thinking again about the people who I know who are really, really servants. And you know what? They don't serve to be great. Sim Leslie, do you guys know Sim, the one who was in the video? I mean, Sim and Judy are the other ones. They're unbelievable to me. I can tell you this right now. I know Sim and Judy don't wake up in the morning and go, man, I want to be great. I want to be honored. You know, you know why they do it? I think because they just love to bless people. Because they love Jesus with all their heart. It, my wife, you know, it's fun. She, wor- she works in the nursery. You know why she works in the nursery? Because when Mariah was a screaming idiot baby <laughs> in church, I love her, but she was a screaming idiot baby. 
And uh, we, Susie could never be in, in church, and she didn't want to put her in the nursery. So she'd be out there, you know, <laughs> juggling around in the halls and all this kind of stuff. And finally, this gal in the nursery back at Kensington came down the hall and grabbed Mariah out of her arms and said, let me have her. She's going to be fine. You go to the service. And Susie let her do it. And she was fine. See, that woman in that moment served my wife by serving Mariah. And so Susie has had this passion. Does she love babies? Um, Yes. (laughs) Now all of you who have your baby in the nursery going, oh. No, but, but she really does. But you know who she really loves? Is all of you moms. And every time that she takes a baby, she knows she has a chance to bless you. But then she was saying, but then she said, Dave, honestly, though, at the same time, I can tell you this, while she holds your baby, she's praying for that baby. The whole morning, your baby gets prayed for. And that whole morning, she does feel like, I feel like I'm serving Jesus when I hold this weak, needy, little, beautiful baby. See, with that in mind, Susie, because I was sitting there, I think motivation is to be great or to get honor. She's like, I never even think about that. See, that's freedom. Eventually, what Jesus wants to do is to set us free. So let me just give you some application before we go. How are we going to increase in our, our servanthood? How am I? The first one is this, you guys. Develop a discipline, a practice of confession. At the end, I have my little accountability sheet. At the end of every day, I'm supposed to lay in bed or whenever I'm doing it, and I think through my day, and I'm supposed to think of every time when I didn't serve, and when I didn't think of somebody else's interest more than my own. And whenever I didn't, I need to confess that as sin to God. Because that was not love. That was me. And I tell you, if we don't develop, for those of us who struggle with this area, if we don't develop a discipline of confession it'll just continue to get stuck in there. So that's one thing you can do. Every time you knew you were selfish and you lived for yourself, confess it to God, receive his forgiveness and cleansing from all unrighteousness because it's not righteous. It's not right. It's not like God to not serve, okay? So the first thing you do is confess it. The second thing that you need to do, and I do this all the time, I'm never gonna stop. I am asking God for his grace to change me. Change me. Change me. I t- I change me. See, this isn't something that I think I can just do. I think the Bible's very clear that God is the one who changes our hearts. And so I'm asking him to strengthen me with power through the Holy Spirit in my inner being so Christ will dwell in my heart. Because if that's in Ephesians 3, if Christ dwells in my heart, then I will be a servant. So strengthen me. And his grace, what that word means, is he will empower you to do what you can't do for yourself. So if some of you right now are saying, man, I am just a selfish pig, confess it and ask for his grace to change you. Because then when it happens, who will the glory go to? It'll go to him. Now, here's a third thing, though, and this is tough. Just got to do it. Put a Nike swoosh on your wall. Just do it. Here's the point. You don't have to sit there ever when there's an opportunity to serve. You don't ever have to wonder and go, oh, God, is this your will? You don't. It's just, I can tell you, here, here's how you know. It's just black and white. My will is for you to not think about your own interests, but to think about other interests. 
And so, you know what? Today, you and I are going to have opportunities. And tomorrow at work and at home, here at K2, you have an opportunity to serve. And you know what? You can just do it. And every time you obey him, Jesus says, this is how you love me. You obey my commands. And his command is, I serve, you serve. And there's no easy way to get around that one. You just got to do it, all right? And then the last one is what we're going to do right now. So band, come on up. Um, I, I think the other discipline, which we talked about a little bit last week, you guys, is I think we got to worship him. The other thing that happens to me is if I get Jesus Christ out of my sights, then I can forget about him. If I, band, you guys can come on up. Um, if, I, if I don't keep Jesus Christ in my sights, I'll forget about him. If I don't remember what he's done for me on a regular basis, then all of a sudden the awe and the wonder of his love just kind of seeps out and then it becomes church, you know, and this thing you got to do. But when I keep Jesus Christ at the center of my thoughts and of my affections, and I think that's one of the things that worship does, you guys. Music helps you to get to your affections, right? And so that's what we're going to do now. And we're just going to start off the, the, the worship set by reminding us of how good he is to us. Because once you remember how good he is to you, then you're like, oh my goodness, I want to give it back to you. And that's how the worship's going to go. We're going to remember who he is, and then we're going to move it into a place of declaring that we're going to live that way for him. So right now, whether you're a great servant or whether you're struggling to be a servant, let's use this moment right here to engage your heart and your mind with the one who served you. The one who didn't come to be served, but came to serve and gave his life as your ransom to set you free. And you can be free. And let's open up our hearts. Let's pour them out to God. And you can sit if you want right now, or you can stand if you need to. You, you just do what you need to do right now so that your heart engages with your whole person to worship the one who loves you so much. Let's do it.